looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the OC the show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at the seminal and underrated crime facts of the early the OC. I'm your host, as always, Mike. And with me, as always, is Ryan. Mopasode! This mic is one of the few times where I could say, oh my god, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, doesn't fucking matter. Barely talked about them all. That's all today. It's the Mopasode, folks. That's true. Last week, what we did was talk about Sandy and Cal's great adventure and Julian Kiki's... Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy, yes. <laughs> Which I mean, uh, dudes that you either want to have sex with in the future or have had sex with in the past. Mm-hmm. That I think that's what that is about, yes. And their magazine. So, today, all we are going to do is dig in to the mall. Okay, so typically, what do we, like, we have like five, ten minutes of just like bullshit that's not about the OC. Oh my God, Mike, how are you? Like, what is your weird, absurd opinions about bits that we should do? But I don't give a shit because I want to get to the fucking mall. What I want you to do before we get to the mall is where are all the kids? Where are Summer, Marissa, Seth, and Ryan before they get to the mall? Emotionally, physically, mentally. Uh, Okay, so count them down. Seth. Seth is getting a hitch in his giddy up. He's back with Summer, and instead of just being fucking happy for one goddamn second, he's like, if I'm back with Summer, what if all four of us were back together as a couple? Mm -hmm. Marissa. Marissa is starting to realize that being an adult is kind of hard. Uh, the uh, sexy spark of her and uh, Alex's relationship has sort of gone away. And she is wondering if, no, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to keep doing it because I hate my mom. I, I don't give a shit how hard this is. I hate my mom. Ryan. Ryan is taking the Lindsay thing real hard. I would say much harder than you and I did when Lindsay mm-hmm. left. We were, like, we were sort of okay with it, right? Yeah. It's no Anna from Philly leaving. That still makes me cry myself to sleep at night. But no, Lindsay uh, had to go away. And so we just think, a lot like Seth does, let's all move on and get the core four back together. Ryan, however, is in a bed with a blanket over his head and coming up with some fucking crazy at-what ideas of what to do about that. And Summer. Summer is, hey, Zach seems happy. I seem happy. Seth seems happy. We'll probably be happy forever. Um, and that will probably be it. I, I think that like uh, this episode, uh, the mall episode, should probably only be like 12 minutes. Uh, there probably shouldn't be any more season two because we're happy and we're good. And she also thinks Seth should stop suggesting subtly and or not subtly that Ryan and Marissa should get together. Now, Seth tells Summer that Ryan is sad and Summer's like, oh, I'm all in on that. We, right. uh, we as like, we're like a superhero team that makes each other not sad because, you know, Summer is the um, Christmas at Lindsay's house captain like this is what she does but she doesn't know how much seth involves marissa Mm -hmm. yeah so so seth has ryan started to run away seth picked him up at the bus stop uh and convinced him he's like the the girls are going to the mall you should just do that because summer suggested that and but he's yeah seth is also starting to whisper marissa like ryan's alone now isn't that great think about that more i want to talk about this bus stop thing should we get into it right now yeah let's talk about the bus also before we do that, there's a weird amount of military references in this episode. Seth keeps talking about the troops and packaging up, and then when we get to the bus stop, there's just physical troops in the background. Well, let's remember that this was four years after 911, so. They're just everywhere? 
Yeah, Rescue 911. Reno 911 had just come out four years ago, and we were all about it. We didn't know what to handle it. Um, Ryan packs up a bag. Seth goes into the room, sees a note that says, I'm going to go hang out with Lindsay for the weekend. And this, what, what are we thinking? This is one week after she left for Chicago? Yeah, probably a week after she left, if that. And so Seth gets the note. We don't know what it says, but Seth is like, oh, no. And who knows what Atwood wrote on that note. But then we see Seth slyly, nerdily go up to go into the bus stop. Ryan's sitting there. And Ryan has this plan. I'm just going to surprise her for the weekend. And the conversation. I love the intro that we talked about last episode. That brought me back to old school Seth and Ryan. Uh-huh. Where some things will never change. Some things have definitely changed. The bus stop was one of the most mature conversations I've ever seen. Where Seth says, hey, maybe Lindsay needs some space. Why don't we just let her be in Chicago for a week? Uh, let's go to the mall. And Ryan says, that's interesting. That's a good point. Let's leave. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, because Seth's like, what if we just distract ourselves tonight, and if you still want to go tomorrow, call Lindsay, let her know, and then I will drive you. Like, it's all I lo- handling it very well. I love the whole strategy of instead of saying, you can't do that, the, mm-hmm. the whole thing of like, uh, if you still want to do this tomorrow – then I will help you out. But can we just give it one day? I use the tactic all the time. I had a party years ago, and my oldest brother got way too drunk because he was away from the wife and kids. Uh, and, he, and it was like 3 in the morning. He's like, we should go dance. I know a club. We should go dance. It's all night. And I was like, well, I'm just cleaning, so let me clean. And then I just adding a chore, and then he passed out. And it's always good to say, if you still want to do it later, it always works. The person will never want to still do it later. It's the best way to quit anything. Like, if you want to quit something and then you go to do it, just give yourself 10 minutes. And if you keep mm-hmm. giving yourself an extra 10 minutes, then you will eventually not want to do it. Like, I keep wanting to, uh, like, start smoking. And then I just give myself an extra 10 minutes, and then I don't start smoking. It's really been working out for me. And, I'm, yeah, you're not twitchy at all. Everybody's fine with how grumpy you've been. Who's twitchy? Uh, What's, you're twitchy. The, so the kids team up. They blast the loudest mall song they could find in their Jeep. And they and go it, to the... The song is like, let's all go to the mall. We're get, oh. like, it, I don't want to give away any awards for the end of the episode, but like, this is like the lyrics at a certain point are like, Seth is back with Summer and Ryan's with Marissa and we're going to the mall. Lock in. Uh, and so that they go, I guess they're collecting clothes stores don't want for a battered women's shelter or something like that. Oh, the episode gives no shits about what they're doing there. Like, they're all working some sort of charity. Nobody cares. Yeah, Summer just goes, we're a backstage pass to the mall. And then uh, they find they're stuck. It's like a blink of an eye. Apparently, it's been a lot of them organizing and putting things in boxes but never taken to the car. Uh But the shop girl locked them in the back. And so now they uh, have to figure out how to get out into the rest of the mall. Have you been to a, like, they go to the backstage of the mall, and so they see, it's just, like, boxes and shelves, and then they see this, like, giant snail who barfs out Auntie Anne's pretzels, and it goes on a conveyor belt, and that's what Mm -hmm. they sell. Like, have Mm -hmm. you ever been anywhere where, like, you got to see the, behind the curtain of something? Yeah, like, right next to the snail, there's a troll that just sneezes, and that's Orange Julius. Right. Uh, The closest, I think, is, uh, we were both in high school marching band, and occasionally in Southern California, the high school bands would get to play Disneyland and seeing... The rows and rows of mascot heads. Yes. Like, they're just Tweedledum and Tweedledee just, like, hanging there. And I don't think those have been used in decades. But they don't throw them away. See, Disneyland spends so much time on the uh, a front, like, ahead of the curtain, making that look perfect. They do not have time to clean up the behind the curtain. And no, walking back awful. there, because they had to take the marching band from, like, point A to point B. And so we got to go behind the fences. 
and it's like uh, boats that are broken from like uh, some ride, and they're not just broken, but like they're covered in cobwebs and skeletons, uh-huh. and yeah, all of these like disgusting mascot heads that just have like snot and orange Julius dripping out of their nose. Employees just smoking crack. <laughs> Did, was it like? It makes sense now, but like, was it surprising then? Like, were you shocked that like there was a background that was gross? Yeah, I assumed it'd be like how how like uh, Team Arrow has like each one of them has a mannequin only their outfit could fit on. I assumed that's how the mascot closes. Or maybe throw away the costumes from thirty years ago. You know, you're not going to use. I was only like a senior in high school, so I didn't even know that like those were costumes. I I thought those were like actual <laughs> cartoon characters. Why are their heads hanging? <laughs> this is horrifying. Somebody kill cartoon characters? So they get Judge Dooms out to play. They get locked in, and they all kind of look at Ryan and just assume he can pick a lock. And he yeah. gets legit offended. They're going through a couple things here. One, um, that if we're going to escape, then it's going to be down to Atwood. And he he's a little perturbed by that, even though he proves at the end it's all about the Atwood. Yeah. Uh, but also, there is this, it's not winking, it's not tongue-in-cheek, but there is this, like, knowledgeable calm that they're in a TV show. Like, I really do think that they do a good job of sort of uh, don't get into an elevator with a pregnant lady. Sort of like, we know we're in a TV show and this is what happens to TV characters. Yeah, because Summer instantly is like, what a fun night we're all about to have. (laughs) Does not give a shit. (laughs) Uh, Seth tries to pick the lock, breaks like the hair clip in out of it. And so the only way out is for Ryan to die hard his way through the vents. And then the show, I was like, oh, that's cute. Until Seth was like, we're doing Goonies meets Die Hard by way of Mission Impossible. I was like, don't. don't <laughs> All the do math is show. right there on the screen. Why would you do that show? And I guess if Seth was real, he would say that. But mm-hmm. if Seth was real, he would not say a lot of the other things Seth says. So why don't we edit yes. that line out? We all understand that it's Die Hard and all the other shit. Is it in case you didn't get what we're. <sighs> so uh, while the boys are crawling through vents, uh, the girls are just catching up. Uh, and Marissa realized she keeps calling Alex's Alex's. It's even though she's lived there for a few weeks, it's still not her apartment. And I don't even know if that's an emotional sign. Like if if you've known somebody for a while and it's always been their house, I think it's going to take a while for you to say our place. You know what it is? It's the smell. When does it no longer smell like it did and now smells differently? And that that's because you roosted. Uh, I we, changed the pH balance. Can we take a break real quick and then talk about this Summer and Marissa conversation? Yes. I love that. Ryan, so Marissa and Summer are having a check-in, and in their lives, maybe they've talked, but in our lives, I haven't seen these two characters together in a season. That's the thing, is that I haven't seen you in a season, bro. Uh, the thing is that like we want, or Seth wants, the core four to be together, mm-hmm. but more than like all of them having sex with each other, it's when the core four is together, we get these little moments. Because yeah, Marissa and Summer are talking, and it feels natural, except for the fact we haven't seen it, in a season, bro. It's so long. I think bro. the last time we saw it was pre-pool furniture in the pool. Like, they were, like, hanging out in the backyard. It's been, like, 12 episodes. It's so long. Yeah, they've had, like, little 15-second clips to convince us they're still friends. But this is high school. They're on the outs. Uh, so, Summer's being, like, Summer's now just everybody's shoulder. She's just giving everybody great advice. And, and she's like, you don't seem great. What's going on? Uh and they're like, well, we're here for Ryan. And, and Summer's like, well, my boyfriend's an idiot. Once you guys get back together, what do you think about that? And Marissa admits that she misses Ryan every day. Every damn day. 
that is both incredibly soap opera TV bullshit, but also incredibly idiotic fucking high school kid bullshit. Well, Summer says, like, does Alex, you know, have, do you, do you have it for Alex? You know, like, does she give you that mm-hmm. oomph? And Marissa's like, yeah, but I'm mostly saying this so you don't, like, judge me. But yeah, she does. But, like, if I'm going to be honest, I haven't felt that since, you know. And so we're all learning that Marissa thinks about Marissa and Ryan's relationship much different than Mm -hmm. everyone else does, including Ryan. And I actually do sort of buy it. I actually do think that if there's somebody who took way too much out of that, it was Marissa. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also the only person in her life who's tried to stabilize her. Everybody else throws some sort of flavor of kerosene on her. Right. And he's the only one who's like, what if we just remove you from this scenario? There's all mellow out. There's always an agenda. And I mean, that makes sense because before Ryan, her go to hero was motherfucking Jimmy Cooper. So the bar is low. And he's he's a much better man than Jimmy Cooper could ever be. Uh, Little does Marissa know that Ryan is in the vent having figured out where to go because Seth uh, bumblefucked his way through a hole uh, and he's just eavesdropping because he hears them talk about him and instead of doing the right thing, he's just like, oh no, I'll do the real thing and just listen to what you guys are talking about. Which I gotta say, dude, and please, please, remove your bias and remove your like fear of challenging me because it's like you're not sort of ready for that yet, but I want you to try here. In any other show, we would definitely be complaining about the Three's Company situation that we're watching. But yes. because the show and this particular episode is so clearly in the world of TV, I don't mm. even think twice that, of course, Ryan hit the vent mm. at that point. And then, of course, right. Seth comes in at that exact moment to reveal to everyone that Ryan was listening. Right. Because he's like, hey, Ryan, I see you right there. Or you, you look like you got your listening face on. You've been listening to something? What have you been listening to? And Ryan, of course, is like, uh, 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 don't, don't say anything, Seth. To which Seth says, no, you're right there. I can see you, and you clearly heard it. I didn't hear every word, but you did. <laughs> uh, so they're all gathered and being awkward. Uh, and Summer pitches, I know we could leave, but what if we just slept in the mall? What's cooler than falling asleep in a mall and waking up in a mall? And this is, this is where we go from people who think they might be in a TV show to people who definitely know they're in a TV show. Right. And if you ever have the opportunity to do anything a TV character would do, you absolutely fucking take it. If you ever have the opportunity to pitch for the Red Sox, don't do that good because you drank way too much while you were a pitcher, flame out of baseball, move to Boston, and open up a bar, and then fall in love with a waitress, and then like there's a whole back and forth thing between you two, and then she leaves, and then a new person comes in, and then like you sort of like are romantic, but not really. You take that opportunity. Okay, I, I took all those notes down. That is how I will live the rest of my life. Thank you for giving me that advice, Life Coach. Uh, they all start to make calls. They all choose a different, also, how they know they're on TV. They all choose a different stall in the dressing room while Ryan just, like, twiddles his thumb outside. And also, they make sure to wear, like, the the most character-y shoes that each one of them can wear. Uh-huh. So while we're panning the bottom of the, the try-on room, we can see who is who. So it, it's, like, uh, leopard spiky heels for summer, black converse for Seth, and some sort of mishmash of those for Marissa? For Marissa, it's... Uh, a right shoe on the left foot and the left shoe on the right foot. And they're just cardboard boxes, and they just both say Marissa on each of them. <laughs> One of them looks like a lawn chair, and she's just in a puddle. <laughs> so uh, in, in this, in the, they, they leave phone calls for people or whatever. Uh, Marissa and Alex keep missing each other because Alex uh, leaves a voicemail for Marissa saying, like, the house hasn't been broken into 
So I guess you haven't been abducted, but you're not here, and everything still looks like shit. Yes. So they're at the point in the relationship where if, like, if we don't know exactly where everybody is at the exact right moment, then something's wrong. You know, like, right. once you're in a relationship for long enough, to wait, like, they should not be there yet, but this is where they are. Uh, it also, I think, shows, because the OC loves doing this, that um, they're not just closer to Sandy and Kirsten because they're acting old, but in the episode that Sandy and Kirsten cannot connect, Alex and Marissa right. cannot connect. So they're going sort of through the same thing. Yeah, I thought about it like, do you know how fucking normal it was in high school to not hang out with your significant other on a Friday night? I almost never knew where they were. Like, it was yeah. so rare. Unless they were standing in front of me, I didn't know where they were. Oh, we're both on the bus coming home from a competition. Now I know where you are. Other than that, live your life. Go fly, be free. All of my girlfriends in high school had very specific farts. So that's sort sure. like that's how I found them. Is like I would smell for that smell. So is that when a place becomes yours? Is when your farts overpower their farts? Yeah, I mean it could be laundry <laughs> detergent, but typically it's farts. Now the uh, the phone calls home is very important too because we sometimes forget how great Sandy and Seth are together. And Seth uh-huh. makes a big deal of saying, Marissa and Summer are all lying to their parents or SOs or whatever. And Seth calls Sandy and says straight up, hey, Dad, we're locked in a mall. We're just going to fucking hang out all night. Peace. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the best. And Sandy's probably like, I'm dealing with stuff so much bigger than this. whatever. I guess I know where you are. How much trouble could you get into a mall? Sandy listened to that recording and he was like, oh, yes, yeah, Seth. I remember. <laughs> When is the last time I saw that boy? <laughs> so they start, they decide, you know what the four of us have never done together or separately? Play roller hockey. Okay, so this is also important too because when Summer gives her speech and convinces the other three that they're going to stay in the mall, we're going to cut to something. Okay? The mall offers hundreds of stores, hundreds of opportunities <laughs> of what we're going to cut to. But I do think it's important that when you're somewhere that you shouldn't be, whether it's a uh, mansion where nobody's home or a locked up mall or like the apocalypse and you're just in like you just have like free reign to do whatever. I think that you should. The first thing is always play sports in a place that you should not be playing sports. Yes, because that's that infinitely makes the sports more fun. Then. Right. Professional sports should probably always be like in China stores or department like in museums. I would love to see someone tackle somebody else right through the Mona Lisa. If this mall had some sort of roller hockey rink in it. And they went there to play? That is bullshit. You guys are just, like, following rules. If there's a roller hockey rink, you put on fucking ice skates, and you figure out how to ice skate through that wood. You all... That's how you mop a soda. You put on ice skates, you drink a bunch of coffee, and everybody just takes dumps in the roller hockey rink. Otherwise, what what are we doing? Also, other than it's fun to, like, watch kids, like, screw around in that way, it it feels like they're like, okay, how can we give security guards hints that there are kids here? Uh Hockey, they're just spraying balls and running around and knocking stuff over all over the mall because of the hockey team. Yeah, they do sort of want to get caught because that makes things more fun. I don't know if they knew, and we'll get to this later, I don't know if they knew that the CEO of the security company in a suit and also one security guard would show up, but whatever. Who is armed to the teeth. (laughs) So they play hockey, and they're actually pretty good. Maybe not Seth. Except for Seth, and they're all very legit angry that he's bad. Instead of like, isn't this fun? This is the point of what we're doing? We were all perfect the first time we did this. How come you can't be perfect at anything, you fucking loser? And then they decide to split up boy, girl, boy, girl for dinner. Uh, even though they're in a mall with a food court, they only get shitty candies well, you, and snacks. You can't turn on the restaurants at the food court. Well, oh, there's a special key for that? It's probably just an oven button. No, it's two keys. 
You have to launch <laughs> restaurants <laughs> like they're at nuclear. Or they're in a sporting goods store because they've argued who should sleep in the tent. Uh, there's probably a little gas oven thing. If you're going to full-on go hooligan, go hooligan and cook some shit right there. Also, I love the rules because it reminds me of both teenagers and us. There are thousands of beds in the mall. <laughs> but the deal is two people get the bed, two people get no bed and must sleep in a tent. <laughs> We will burn every other bed, so you do not get a bed. Another thing, too, Marissa, if you're trying to, like, get Ryan back on your side, you found, uh, like, macaroons that, like, are probably not your top-line macaroons. Ryan found a goddamn gift basket. There's probably, like, caviar, and she's yeah. she's like, oh, cool, whatever. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I brought you actually, like, meat and cheese and real sustenance. <laughs> your stupid French cookies that nobody actually likes are here. They're just pastels. That's why they're intriguing. Yeah, it's the color, right? It's not the taste? Yeah. They look like toys. They look like toys and they taste fine. And they sound like almonds like or nuts. Shouldn't macaroon be the name of a nut more than a yes. cookie? Like, if it's going to be a cookie, call is. it Oreo. Yeah, idiot. All cookies are Oreos now. All nuts are macaroons. We're out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, let's talk about the drama that is starting to boil between Seth and Summer. Ryan, amidst all of the hockey hijinks and not great food choices uh, and trying to get Marissa and Ryan back together, Seth keeps noticing a leaning tower of Pisa postcards sticking out very obviously out of Summer's purse. And you had to hit the word Pisa very hard because otherwise you might have said pizza and now we're talking about a goofy movie and... That's like, no, that the Goofy movie is Polly Shore saying it's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Cheesa, right? Easy you would know that if you've ever seen a good movie in your goddamn life. So sorry. Um, so Seth is having a day because it feels like every way that Seth could be awful, uh, an opportunity presents itself here. Right. And uh, he sees a postcard and in Summer's bag, and he wants to read it so bad because it probably says uh, from Zach, "Hey, Summer, I'm gonna fuck you." Uh, fuck Seth, he's a stupid idiot, and I want to have sex with you. And then somehow Summer says, I want to have sex with you too, even though it's a right. postcard and that's not well, how she, mail works. She wrote her response back already on it. <laughs> and Please rail me, you politician son. Once you once Seth sees that, he can't get it out of his head. Right, and even at a certain point before he goes full on shit, he's like, that looks like it's from Italy. And she's like, what? And shoves it in her purse. Like he does, he tries and fails and should have tried harder. To be fair. It directly. That is Seth's catchphrase. Like, almost everything he says. That, like, he's like, that looks like it's from Italy. Say it enough times, it's going to be right thrice. That's that old saying. Uh, and so they are getting the tent ready first. The tent, it, it, the, the show, I, I, well, the biggest flaw of the episode, it goes back and forth. Who gets the tent or not? Uh, all couples are at different tents. So Seth is like, hey, can you go get another fake log for a faux fight? Like, he says... A bunch of synonyms for f- fake instead of being like, what? No. Summer's like, oh, all right, I guess. That doesn't make any sense and wanders away. Why would she fall for that bullshit? It is weird because if it was a real thing, then she should say, go get it yourself. But it's a fake thing. And so she says, uh, okay, I guess. And then where does she go from there? Does she just go like from store to store searching <laughs> for a thing that Seth made up? I think maybe, like, he baffled her with all the fakeness, and she's just like, what? And walked away. But she does do a good job of, all right, uh, typical Summer would stand up and say, what the fuck? You're an idiot. And then, like, punch him in the face. But we're going to be, like, Summer 2.0. And she thinks about it for a second, and then she says, 
Okay, sure. And and it's numerous ways that the writers uh, in the last couple of episodes, but very much this episode, are like, we don't want to have to think of fucking reasons and take up real estate to why characters need to go places. It's They're going to do it because it's TV. So I'm a little torn here, um, as well as you are. Uh, we talked about in the last episode Sandy and Cal's adventure, and was that too much real estate or perfect D plot? And you said I, I I enjoyed not like I enjoyed being able to breathe, so I liked that plot line. Here though, we're already at the mall where everything is perfect, and it's the perfect episode in TV history. And then there's this thing which is started for almost no reason and then ended just as quickly. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they could have just focused on their battle about Marissa and Ryan and not added Zach at all. Yeah, it's almost like somebody was like, well, wouldn't they still be upset about Zach? And nobody thought to be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like in the writer's room. Maybe next episode, maybe ever, we don't know. Shut the fuck up. But uh, so s- the other side, though, is when you're in a new relationship, shit like what Seth did gets the relationship ended. That's over, right? We watched it happen to Ryan and Oliver and Marissa. But right. I sort of... I don't like what Seth did. I think that what Seth did, reading Summer's private property, that is awful. But how quickly Summer was like, you know what? I can't, I like, I'm mad, but like we have other shit to do. That sort of reminds me of like a real relationship. Uh-huh. Like you have to triage when you're upset. Yeah, so so what's happening, because th- this gets interrupted a few times. So Seth starts to read it, and Summer comes back, uh... And so he can't finish because it's it's the wordiest postcard that's ever been. So Seth can't finish the postcard because uh, at this point, security is out with guns in hand and Summer stumbles upon them. And she's like, you and me got to fucking go. We got to find them. We're going to get shot. You, we will fight about Zach later. Right. Fuck you. Which makes sense. I love that whole sort of like the ability that I don't have of compartmentalization of like, I'm not over what you did. But mm-hmm. for right now, I have to shove it over here because... Uh, the two most hardcore security guards in the history of security guarding are in the mall. Well, those security guards also suddenly think they're in Die Hard, and they're ready to kill the terrorists attacking this empty mall. They immediately run to vents. Like, just jump in the vents as soon as they can. So, meanwhile, while all this is going on, uh, Ryan and Marissa are off on there getting the different foods, the macaroons and gift baskets, and uh, Ryan overhears Marissa on the phone again with Alex, lie to Alex about where she is, and he's like, uh... That's crazy. And then he and Marissa try to get the other one to sleep in the tents, even though I think it's 7.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Marissa's like, why don't we both just sleep in the tent? And he's like, okay, nothing bad will happen here. And I hate to keep being this person, but uh, you, you, you get in tents when you're outdoors because you want to protect yourself from the elements. Like, it's not comfortable to lay in a tent. It's just that you want the, you want the roof. If you're in right. a mall, sleeping inside or outside of a tent is exactly the fucking same. It does not matter. It's only, it's such the high school thing of like, well, we're not crossing lines, but I do want to set myself up to be so ready to cross a line. But what the tent gives us is that uh, Ryan has to uh, be chivalrous and then also uh-huh. like put up a barrier where, hey, Marissa, I just want to let you know that like if, if this goes too far, I'm going to nip it in the bud. And Marissa has to do the thing of, I would love to cuddle with Ryan, but I don't really want him to know that. And so that's what we have. It's not about yes. protecting yourself from the elements. It's these two idiots doing all those things. Just being idiot kids. Uh, Seth and Summer run up and they're like, whatever your bullshit is going on, stop it. We're about to get got. Uh, and then they put mannequins with hockey masks and play the valley on tape uh, in the tent. And the security guards 
whip into the tent, guns a-blazing, ready to kill these kids watching the valley, and it's just mannequins, and isn't that hilarious? Uh, I mean, they were about to be turned into some sort of, like, mall churro. Like, these security Uh guards were going to destroy them. But instead, and I love this, it's going to sound like I'm talking shit, but I'm not. Instead, Summer and Seth run up, say, we have to go right now, but, like, not super right now. We have to find four mannequins, put them in clothes, put them in the tent, put on the valley, because if we put on the valley, they'll be like, oh, those are those kids from the OC. That sounds just like the valley, and then we'll trick them. The security guards don't know there's four of you. <laughs> you can set up a mannequin, two mannequin. Like, it's so, it's so cartoony and so fun in the best way. You can set up mannequin one. You can set up mannequin two on the move. Like, you have so many options. <laughs> Um, Play the audio for either of those. Do you think it would have been going too far if the two, or at least the one security guard, not the one in the suit, but the one in the uniform, had a big like dog catcher net? Where no, are- that would have been just all over the whole tent. <laughs> Where are those? Those those went away, and I would like one. I want to chase people down holding that net. I mean, you can make that happen. Christmas is coming up. I'll, I'll get you something. I know what's on the top of your list. Uh, so the kids all run out. They, they, they play that Let's Get Away From The Mall song and go to their old spot. Uh, and here's where Summer's like, motherfucker, we are not done fighting. I don't care that you're not mad. I'm still mad. So Summer and Ryan go in and insanely sit on the same side, even though they know their friends are fighting, so it'll be a while. They sit on the same side of the booth to eat their meal. So Marissa and Ryan. Yes. What did I say? Summer and Ryan. We're with Sorry. You. Keep going. Marissa and Ryan. Uh... So that's insane. But then they have a very sweet talk that like is building a bridge towards something dumb. But Ryan points out that uh, they've now been apart longer than they were ever together. Mm-hmm. Important information. Like we like everything is so romanticized. The past, like the 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 prospect of going back to the past, is so romanticized mm-hmm. that when somebody says something like that, it sort of screeches everything to a halt. And it's so realistic. Like, there are relationships that are hugely built up in high school, and you're like, it's just forever. And you're like, that was for a quarter. That was for a quarter of one year. That was a blip. Nobody even remembers you two dated. But it doesn't fucking matter. It's all fucking flushed down the toilet because Ryan knows where Marissa's at. Ryan knows the precarious position, and Ryan knows that he is still in love with Lindsay, or at least in some in-between time, and not in love with Marissa, and he says that thing, and that should solve it all. But then the motherfucker does the ultimate move of quoting the goddamn pilot, Mike. Yeah, so th- they're like, it's almost like we don't know each other. Let's meet. They do a, a reintroduction, and she goes, I'm Marissa Cooper, blah, 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 blah. Who are you? And he does that, whoever you want me to be. What I like about that, it shows Ryan growth of, he, he thought it was the coolest fucking line in the world in the pilot, and now he's making fun of that kid. That is true. And also, uh, great props. Smoking is dangerous. So are french fries. But he used a french fry as a cigarette in his mouth when he asked her that. But nothing is going to make Marissa and us, the audience, think that you're into her more than right. quoting and redoing the past, bro. And giving us that dreamy smirk. Ah, oh, that Russell Crowe face. So while this is going on, Seth and Summer are finishing their fight outside and giving some of the best lines. Theo, see, they're going back and forth of, are we all set up and no layoff? Are we all preparation and no H? <laughs> Very good. They're wondering if they can only be good in the beginning and don't have any sort of sustainability. And now Summer cracks and she shows him the card and say he just was saying it's very hot in Italy. 
Uh, and his sign-off, and this is why Zach is such a fucking cuck, it says, say hi to Seth for me. <laughs> Tell him to give me those JPEGs. Um, yeah, I, I, like, it, I think that it's weird and bad and impressive, all of the things with Summer here, because she does give in, and you should not give uh-huh. in to people like Seth's shit. But also, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'll get to be an asshole at some point, too. And I don't want to make this go on. I'll just, like, let Seth, let the baby have his bottle, and then we can move on with our life. And then the core four just eat at the diner, and Seth points out that the Fantastic Four are back to being fantastic again. Well, once once they get back together, they they look at the diner. And then we know that they're back together because they look Mm -hmm. at the diner in such a way where it's a classic painting. And we have (laughs) that exact shot of, what is it, the Nighthawks? Uh huh. And then they go James in. James Dean. Yeah. And they did CGI James Dean. They hired <laughs> the CGI guy and put him in the show. Yeah, people are acting like it's a big deal, but they did that back then. Uh, we have to take a break. When we come back, it's award season. Ryan, it's time for everybody's favorite award show, the Oxars. Starting with everybody's favorite award, the magical musical moment of the week. I think that this is one of the biggest awards that we have ever given. Um, when they went to Vegas last season, do you remember that? Uh-huh. And uh, there was a Beastie Boys song. Yes. That was heavily featured. And it's because like, that was a deal between the Beastie Boys and the OC. This week, Mike, this episode came out two weeks before Bex Guerra came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this episode features no less than six Beck songs from that album. What the fuck was going on there? I mean, just, like... Just a deal? I, I, I guess. I, I, I tried to find what it was. Like, I tried to find, like, if Beck and Fox and, like, if Josh Schwartz knew Beck or whatever. Uh, it just seemed like they were going to use it. Um, Beck does. The good thing is that, like, it's not like it was uh, Mastodon. Like, Beck does, <laughs> Beck does fit well into the background of scenes all the time. Yes. Um, my favorite Beck, if I have to, is when they're playing hockey. Mm-hmm. But the the award goes to Pansy Divisions at the mall. It has to be Pansy Divisions at the mall. It has to be because it's just so fucking on the nose in a perfect way. We'll drink to that same award. Give me your Sandy Wisdom. Uh, uh, this isn't a line of dialogue, but uh, he he thinks that he might be in the shit house. He never knows how much. He doesn't think that Kirsten would like hide the ring, but still. Just going to get that ring at the arcade, I think, is fucking mm. super dope. Uh, it, when he hands her the plastic ring, he says, I love you, and I'm so sorry I did anything to make you doubt it. it it's not a fake Good apology. Good line, bro. It's the perfect kind of apology. It's taking all of it, uh, and it's not saying I didn't do anything. It was Seth needs to learn how to apologize from his father. And regardless, <laughs> yes, regardless of what you think about Kirsten hiding the ring, uh, it was awesome to have her hear that and then go right to the nightstand and put that ring back on like you know what i'm done this is bullshit i'm not wearing that plastic shit again do you have an orange couture for me i really wanted to give it to alex's pants because julie seems to love alex's pants but i don't think we saw them did we no we didn't i assume they're like uh red plaid bondage pants for they had to be something for julie to point that out I just thought it would be hundreds of pictures of Marissa all over her pants. Um, so, and this is uh, help from my wife because she was obsessed with it while watching this episode. Uh, it's Summer's short-sleeved, crushed purple velvet blazer that she wears throughout the mall. It is the most OC-only, 04-only thing uh-huh. you could possibly wear. That blazer rocked. 
I, I love that fabric, but in such specific short bursts. It's not a long-term fabric at all. Because <laughs> you might get fat and blow through it. Mm-hmm. And just rip it up. Uh, give me your comics connection, good sir. My comics, I have a tie. Do you have one? I have, I had one, and then I learned the other one and deleted my tie. There's what is one it? fucking obvious one. What? Amber Heard was the sales girl who locked them in. Queen Mira Mera from herself. Aquaman? Um, yeah, the other one that I have, and Amber Heard uh, destroyed it. Like She was so good at uh, delivering her, her three or four words uh, uh-huh. and saying, welcome to the mall. Um, but I do not like Carter Buckley. I think he's the uh-huh. Oliver of the adults, but he is played by Billy Campbell, our Rocketeer. The Rocketeer himself. And it, was that a comic, or was that just a great fucking movie? <laughs> okay. Uh, it was a comic, and it was not the other thing you said. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was five. I'm going to keep believing it was a great movie and never watch it again. I honestly think that we would like it more now than when we were kids because it was just so boring. Like, <laughs> there's just so little action in that action movie. Back then, we got a comic book movie every eight years, so you clung to what you could. Uh-huh. What's your Atwood's got Atwood? Oh, man. It's just like every episode has a perfect Atwood moment. And this one, I was going to go with, why do you think that I could you know, pick a lock? Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, somebody says, we could all use the night to forget our troubles, especially Ryan. And his reaction of like, wait, no, that's totally true. <laughs> that <laughs> Atwood's yes. got to Atwood. I want to be mad, but very dead accurate. <laughs> the amount of times these kids said what happens to the mall stays at the mall made me think all of them were gunning for a foursome. Oh, for like, sure. It, it was, that's not a phrase. And also, you only say it if you want some nasty shit to happen. Who paid more to sponsor this episode? Beck? Vegas? To use that line, or the mall. Did Mall Incorporated? <laughs> Big Mall covered all of it. Uh, why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? Um, so this one, we're about to get into some crazy Kiki Carter drinking drink offs, but it hasn't started yet. So for this one, uh, Julie sees Lance at the bar and says, "Oh, I'm gonna go to the bar instead of what all noopsies do: wait for your fucking server." Right. And Kirsten doesn't miss a beat. She's like, "Cool, all the Pinot Grigio." <laughs> mine is uh after your friend leaves for food poisoning and this guy says he doesn't want to work here you just staying to drink anyway <laughs> i could drink at home but no here yeah. i'll just stay here with the rocketeer the rocketeer's here that is all the time we have for today i want to say thank you to the holophonics if you like what we do go to yourpopfilter.com go to yourpopfilter.com slash amazon and help us out there go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter pick a tier and help us out via that tier rate review and subscribe to all of our podcasts including this one the superhero hour hour where we watch and review every single live action comic book television show movie of the year where we pick a year put them in a bracket pick the best movie that year hold up 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 take a breath Keep going. Follow us on social media at your pop filter, Twitter and Instagram. Email us contact at your next week. Do you want to know what's happening, Ryan? Let's do the mall episode again. No, my friend, it's a blaze of glory. Marissa recruits Ryan to help her with Harbor school's pep rally bonfire, which pisses Alex off just a tad. Seth is, Seth is stuck in the past and wants to hook up Ryan and Marissa even more than he did this week, which Summer is strictly against. Meanwhile, Julie still doesn't know what she's going to do about her porn and seeks some advice from Sandy. Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs Latro! I like how this season is naming everything after my favorite Bon Jovi songs, uh, Blaze of Glory and Malpisode. California! California.